This is Sligo Rovers goalkeeper Gary Rogers, and you're listening to the League of Ireland Goal Match Podcast. Dundalk tightened their grip at the top of the electricity, but Cork are not done yet. A cancelled Dublin derby causes scandal, while reports suggest that another young League of Ireland talent will be making the trip across the water. This is the League of Ireland Goalmouth Podcast. I'm Dave O'Grady. I'll be getting all the gossip from Goal Ireland's Ryan Kelly shortly. Remember, you can follow the show by searching the hashtag on Twitter, LOI, and also check out at Goalcom Ireland for the best Irish football coverage. Now, to kick things off, I want to play you back an interview I did this week with former Derek City manager Declan Devine. He's now working with the IFA as an elite performance coach for youth footballers. I wanted to find out how he liked his new role and if he found it to be a big transition from senior management. Absolutely, Dave. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed my uh, 16 years in North of Ireland um, as a assistant manager, a coach, and then finally as manager. You know, when this opportunity to work with the best young players um, in North Ireland and trying to develop them all into the, uh, professional players for across the water in England and right throughout the Irish League and the League of Ireland that they, they think they can make careers for themselves was an opportunity that I really uh, delight to accept from the IFA. You know, I'm working with quality people like Michael O'Neill and Jeff Jelton, Alex Pascal Vodacom as well, people with a lot of League of Ireland experience and perhaps people like Stephen Robinson and Stephen Keegan all pulling to try and develop the players in the country. Do, do you, have you found it to be difficult in the sense that trying to get the kids kind of playing football and I suppose you know you're working with kids that are on a path to good football but no doubt there's a lot of heartbreak along the way and I'd say Declan you have a role at kind of nurturing that because we see so many kids all over the place that you know they have the hopes there but some of them just don't make it there's probably a challenge on the psychological side as much as anything else. Absolutely. First and foremost, the, the, the new program with uh, Club NI, it's, it's about developing the players um, with their technical ability, but it's absolutely really important that the players are able to accept setbacks along the way. You know, it's never easy to become a top player, um, no matter what league you want to play in. It's a very difficult career to pursue. You know, and so many Irish, Northern Irish players are given up at a very young age because the original setback sometimes is too much for them. So yes, absolutely, the psychological side of it is something that, um, you know, I'm enjoying at the moment, trying to teach the players. I've had a good grounding, obviously, working with Stephen to really move a lot of players to England um, that would go on and make international careers for themselves. So, you know, it's something that I've always enjoyed getting right to the career and hopefully we can continue to do so. I suppose, you know, despite qualifying for major tournaments regularly enough in the 1980s and, and the 90s, we've seen the, the two Irish national teams, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, they've struggled recently and, you know, the Republic of Ireland in Euro 2012, it didn't really work out. Domestically, Irish performances in European competition leaves much to be desired as well. We've seen some terrific performances, the likes of Shamrock Rovers going to Europe and that but it, it wasn't to it hasn't really been reflected in, in recent years you know Sligo Rovers one of the best well most technically gifted teams that we've seen in recent years not really performing to what we would have hoped what can be done Declan you know is it a case where structures need to be kind of changed well I think to be honest you're quite right in a lot of the stuff you're saying but I was uh very lucky to be involved in the League of Ireland when it was t- almost totally full-time. And there was a lot of quality players that came through the, 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 the league at that time. You know, I really think 
that at least we've touched on. Obviously, the money has, has gone away from it, but from the uh, two full-time leagues in the north and south of Ireland can only help. You know what? In an ideal world, I would love to see an All-Ireland League, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen in the future. Mm. But, you know, the pathway has to be right for, for young clubs. You know, the clubs have to invest in the structures of the clubs. They have to make sure that top quality coaches are, are given the youth in the country the best possible coaching. They have to try and nurture them under 14 players that can only help the rest of Ireland and the Irish League. You know, we're very fortunate there that we had a lot of local players that, you know, work very hard on a daily basis, full-time football, and they were given an opportunity to play League of Ireland at a young age and, and, and help transfer these players. They've done very well in the transfer market over the last 10 years because of the players they had moved on and the team that was spent uh, trying to develop these players and be, and be top uh, quality players that were good enough to go to England. And I think that's something that we'll see after look at. Giving young players the best young players an opportunity and platform to play that clubs can survive by paying uh, small enough wages that are going to entice young players to get professional football and at the same time look to move them on to the bigger clubs that come with the budgets. Yeah, indeed. And I suppose it's allowing the natural talent to stand out because we have seen Declan over the past few years, say scouts from England come over. It seems to be the, the big physical players that they have seemed to be targeting. They go, whereas they go to the European continent for the more technical, but maybe that's changing. Um, and we see the likes of James McLean and Seamus Coleman and players like that all going, going over to England and they're getting judged on mainly their technical ability these days. Do you think it's swaying in the right Direction. I think. I think to be honest, guys, you know, we've got to look. We've got to look at the bigger picture. We've got to get more players to England to benefit both international states. Yeah, and we're working on a, a great setup at Northern Ireland that we're trying to develop players that when we do go across the island, that they're able to stay there uh, and push towards uh, the first team. Uh, we've been very fortunate. You know, if you look at the the Republic of Ireland teams, quite a lot of those players have come through the Republic of Ireland. You know, and you know, if you look at Shane Long for 12 and a half months last week, you know, if he's a good island player, you can see the Corks set up, you know, it's the type of thing that we're going to try and install that can improve um, domestically and also track the same players across that are good enough to stay there first and foremost. But I also think that, you know, we, we do, as you say, if you look outside the box, there's nothing wrong with sending some of our players to Scandinavia. There's nothing wrong with trying to get some of our players and the end of the Belgian league, you know, we have to look, we have to look, and not just think that just because they don't go to England, Scotland, then uh, they have failed. You know, there's so much football so worldwide at the moment, and such a big industry that you know, we have to be looking to get players indeed I know Michael O'Neill said recently Declan that he was scouring the leagues in England for you know potential um, you know potential recruits for the Northern Ireland team and one of the things he, he found <laughs> he found it very tricky because there's no say Nigerians say playing in England that have Belfast born grandparents or something like that that's where kind of your job maybe really kind of comes into the fray because this then puts pressure on grassroots football in, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland as well, you know, to start producing players of, of natural ability that will, as you said, move on. And when you hear manager Michael O'Neill say that, it must put a lot more pressure on not just yourself, but all the kind of good people that are really working at the grassroots level. Absolutely. You know, firstly, I think Michael is doing a job that's a very difficult job because the amount of players that he has got to expect from, you know, uh, and most of the players are 
in the World League's event. You know, so absolutely, it's a, it's a long-term plan. It's not something that's going to change. But we've got to make sure uh, in the job for them that we, we produce players that are capable of representing Northern Ireland down the line, that we do believe in them, we push hard to get into the first team, and that we stay there. You know, it's very difficult this time and time to break into the top six in the Premier League because obviously, as you say, it's a worldwide industry, and it's very easy for the big clubs to go and spend a million or two on a young player and bring them in and hope that they make it. You know, we're, we're, we're back to basics. We're trying to make sure that we have quality people working with the best young players in the country. The games program, we've recently played in the Northern FML Cup where one of the teams um, beat Manchester City 5-1 on a final. Um, we've, we've been fortunate that a good uh, bunch of young lads went to double on last week and played in the Hyperion Cup. You know, so the, these opportunities for players to test themselves against the best players in Europe can also help benefit and let them see that what we're trying to do is big. Indeed they do. A lot to be said. And I guess producing more players from the league, from both leagues, I suppose, is key. And I guess moving on to the League of Ireland, it looks like your old mentor, Stephen Kenny, he's set to deliver a league title for Dundalk. What do you think he's brought to Oriel Park? I know when he was down at Shamrock Rovers, things didn't quite go his way. We've seen what he was able to do at Derry, but he's really turned Dundalk into such a strong force in the league. And being on the, the brink of collapse only a couple of seasons ago, he's really turned them around. Absolutely, and he deserves to understand And the one, thing that, the one thing that I can't understand is that people seem surprised. Uh, um, I, I personally know Stephen a long time, and uh, we worked very closely. And you know, Stephen Kenny is a uh, good manager that this has seen the last fight. And you have to look at the teams that he's built over the years. You know, he was fantastic at Derry City in terms of the team that he built that was fighting relegation the year previous and, and with me an all local side. Came with a plus care of one in the triple and also got through two or three rounds in Europe in the same season. He's 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 put structures in place right throughout the league for the clubs he went. He was unfortunate family goes, it just didn't work out. That happens. Mm. So, but um, an incredible job he's done also with Don Fucking you know, his teams are fantastic to watch. I love watching his team play with some fantastic players. He plays the right way. Um, and so he deserves an enormous credit for the job he has done. The only thing, the only thing for me is that people seem surprised. Stephen is, in my opinion, as good as it is, you know, in terms of management. And, and one thing that Stephen's going to be very good at is, is building teams that, that can compete at the, at the very top of the table. It's certainly a blueprint, I'd imagine, that other people can uh, follow, other managers can follow, particularly if you're taking a team. And it seems to be unfor- an unfortunate common thing amongst clubs, you know, that do run into financial difficulties. If you go down the, the Stephen Kenny way, things might start looking up. And the way he builds teams, I mean, it can be certainly something that a lot of other managers and clubs can learn from. Well, absolutely. First and foremost, I'd love to see more investment from under the, the League of Ireland because having been part of it for so long, I know the product there is an offer, and that product can get bigger and better all the time with more investment. You know, we, we just have to look to the league and, and see so many quality football people that have had a huge input in football in this country are involved in it. You know, we need investment in terms of sponsors and businesses to get behind the league and, and, and get it back to where the potential could be. You know, um, there's fantastic people involved and, uh, and uh, there's nothing better than going to watch a game, a live game, where the players have been working in a professional setup all week and, uh, and they're able to perform at the highest level. You know, I think the first couple of months in Europe this year showed that it's got a million miles away. Um, I think some of the football and some of the players that are, are on offer for the public to see in North Carolina is, is in, uh, of a 
fairly high order. You know, you, have, you look at the, the if I have an opportunity myself, personally, now you'd be away from the league to go and watch a bottom of the championship or a top of the one game or a top league of Ireland game. I'd say pick a league of Ireland game because, you know, they're asking me to stand here Yeah, but the problem is, I suppose, Declan, the one time where we do seem to capture the imagination of the Irish public and we have a a greater audience watching the matches would be surrounding the Irish clubs when they do take part in European competitions. And time and time again, we do tend to be left disappointed. The likes of St. Pat's and Sligo kind of threw away really positive results against the likes of Legia and Legia Warsaw and Rosenberg and Derry and Dundalk would be disappointed too because those were games that they they could have got a lot more out of why is it that our clubs can't replicate Shamrock Rovers journey of 2011 do you think it's down to solely a money issue or do you think it's to do all across the board in terms of coaching and I suppose the attitudes and as you said maybe if if we had more sponsorship and that involved absolutely I think I think it's everything you just mentioned you know I think um for me, at that time, the Shamrock Rovers team that went through a few under Michael O'Neill's development, I thought it was a fantastic team. It was such a big squad. It was a squad that was two or three players injured. They could bring in quality. You know, they had a, a win one life. You know, there was a, a good mixture of experience. It was an experience that they had a lot of European experience as well. You know, and in contrast to guys, they were actually was at the game. Um, you know, so many young players. And you know, these players were coming were playing there for the first time. And, you know, it, it is a game. It's a different way of playing. But I do think that the, the league needs investment first and foremost. And it, it structures the, the, the build foundation that, that we can push for European teams to be, to be nearly seen as well. Um, I think it's impact. As much as people were disappointed, you know, if they look at the four one Celtic played Legia afterwards. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Um, and, and what a fantastic result we from the boys' cap when they were out there. And we know it could have been better, but you know, we, we can be underestimate ourselves here. You know, we, we, we've only ever went through the group stages once, not a give us number from Mike, but, you know, European football is huge. So many people are, are, are thriving for that money to get through around and, you know, it's difficult. It is difficult because if you're used to playing a, a different style in the League of Ireland, but we certainly underestimate the product we deliver. And Europe is something that I feel we need proper full-time clubs where you're training every morning. The structures of the club are that the players are eating and staying around the club, uh, making sure that the facilities are better for the players to perform. And if we had all those things, I have no doubt that, you know, these players in Chapman in the bottom of the championship the top of the league they would love to come here and play but because we're training the evenings some clubs are training every two nights a week Indeed, I, I think that's a huge thing, particularly with the facilities. I mean, and, you know, we've seen with the, with the recent decision of, of the postponed game or the cancelled game between uh, the Dublin Derby between Bowles and Shamrock Rovers. I know that annoyed a lot of League of Ireland people because just when we were thought we were starting to build something, it brings it back to this kind of amateur game we haven't taken that step Declan and I suppose you yourself and a few others would have been frustrated just looking at that at what happened there well I think if you ask any manager uh, in the country um, if there's a spare thing to be spared they'll be spared on the team and make a team stronger but if you ask any chairman in the country if there is a spare point you know it's very difficult to get the money I feel for close because you know if, having been a manager in the league I know how difficult it is for people to fundraise and put money under the mm. club and 
and the proper structure where clubs are, are, are getting well uh, funded and, uh, and subsidised, you would have a groundsman, you would have wander ladies, you would have a team where you can players, you would have a, a set of identity for the youth teams to try and do this. But unfortunately, those structures aren't in place. It costs millions of pounds to put those structures in place. And until such times as we can reinvest some money back on domestic, the domestic game, the association, you know, I think I think it's going to be very difficult. But you know, we we have to believe that we can we, we can good people working trying to develop it and try and make it better. But we're very good at shooting ourselves in the foot sometimes, trying to put ourselves down. But in fact, you're good. People don't tend to, to give the praise and the and the, the gratitude that it deserves. Feel that well, we get and we being involved for so long is a fantastic, fantastic league that could be pushed on and took on to another level with some investment. And just before I, I let you go, I have to ask you about your own time as manager of Derry City. Of course, you won an FAI Cup in your first season and secured European football in 2012 and 13. How different was it to manage a club after being assistant manager? Because we see in a lot of cases, it doesn't always work out. But did you find it very difficult to make that step or was it just kind of almost like a natural transition? I actually didn't find it difficult. It was a lot of it was quite new, and you know it was, it was a huge learning curve for myself and something I enjoyed immensely. And um, you know I have, I have very fond memories. I was very happy with the job that I'd done there. Um, the budget that we had and, and the real success we beat the Atlantic Cup final penalties and we won the FAA Cup in the qualified year for two seasons. So it was a great time. I really enjoyed it. Um, the club means a lot to me. But I had got the opportunity also to be staying in, you know, in terms of uh, I had another opportunity to manage and a couple of opportunities to assist manager. But I just felt that this opportunity now to go a different route and try and learn and make myself better and, and study the game again and, and be involved in seeing international football. It was just it was, it was a natural step for me also in working with the people like I had mentioned earlier, Jim and Michael and Stephen Robinson and people who passed their vertical and it's been uh, fantastic for me but you know certainly in your home club that you supported all your life and left in the FA Cup it's certainly a magical moment and something I'll never forget but you know for me it's always about looking forward it's always about trying to see where, where you can go and improve and make yourself better and hopefully I'm on the right pathway with that but certainly if I do take five minutes and I think back it'll be, it'll be a special moment in my life having my family there and, and having the big support of the Dairy Public and often that trophy in the league was fantastic and a lot of Derry fans will clearly point out Declan that you know it, the Brandywell it seemingly regressed a little bit since you left I know Roddy had brought, was brought in and he left after 12 league games do you think maybe there's perhaps too much of an expectation on managers to re- achieve results these days the League of Ireland certainly does seem to be going that way it seems to be that way. Uh, you know, I was, I was really surprised to see Trevor um, leave Shamrock Rovers. I thought Trevor had a lot of success. I mean, he was a fantastic manager at this path who replaced him. Um, you know, I think when you look at what, what Trevor achieved in those couple of years also in terms of, uh, of restructuring the under 19 getting involved in the first division and, and winning some cups, losing out in a couple of hours. But, you know, it was steady progression there also. I, I, I feel it's something, you know, you have to be a wee bit more patient. It is all about winning games, yes. But, you know, there's, there's good people involved in the League of Ireland and, and hopefully we'll see a few more of those people come back and see it. But, you know, it's certainly, it was a special thing for me to manage the club. I loved it. And Peter's doing a fantastic job now. Um, it seems, I didn't feel it was an awful lot long uh, the two seasons that was there. And, 
Detroit are the players that they sold. Danny Lafferty, Stephen McLaughlin, who's the bigger uh, clubs in England. But I think Peter's on the right side now. There's some of the young players he's playing at the club that they've had a couple of poor results recently, but they have, they have really uh, left the bar in terms of early season for it. So I was doing all the rest, and, and fingers crossed, the players are continuing to develop playing with Peter and, and Mike McCann and, uh, and take the club up to another level again. And fingers crossed that they do. And just finally, what does the future hold for Declan Devine? You said you had opportunities there, but what you have at the moment was too big of an, an opportunity really to, to pass up. But looking deep into the future, would you say you could be lured back into senior management again one day? I, I would never know it. It was something I enjoyed. It was certainly something that I'm fine. I would like to never go out again. At this, at this moment in time, the club and I set up, it's, it's fantastic in terms of seeing the learning of learning off good people and learning off people with a lot of experience in the game. I've been able to pass that thing through the ranks of the young players and, and try and make sure that you know they understand the, the, the requirements to become a top professional and hopefully go on to push and play for Northern Ireland and, and be proud to do so and, and, and have developed fantastic careers in the game. But you know, for me personally, it's, it's, I'm, I'm only 40 years of age. I've, I've been coaching since I was 24, 25, and I want to just try and make sure I can take on as much information and learn and, and be good people and, and love the game and, and see where it's taken. Declan, thanks a million for joining us on the show. Thanks very much. Declan Devine speaking to me earlier. Apologies about his line. It wasn't the best, but some great stuff there altogether. We wish him the very best of luck, whichever path he chooses in the future. Now, just a few results in the League of Ireland in the Airtricity League. We had games last Friday and Monday. On Friday, Athlone Town drew one apiece with Shamrock Rovers. Bowes defeated Drogheda United 2-1. Bray Wanderers lost out at home 1-0 to Sligo Rovers. Derry City lost out at home 1-0 to Cork City, while Dundalk defeated Limerick 1-0 and St. Patrick's Athletic defeated defeated UCD 3-2 and on Monday the Bows and Shamrock Rovers game was called off due to an unplayable pitch surface Cork drew one apiece with Bray Wanderers Drogheda United beat Derry City 1-0 St. Patrick's Athletic lost out at home 1-0 to Limerick while Sligo Rovers drew one apiece with Dundalk and UCD drew one all with Athlone Town in the first division last Friday Waterford United lost out 2-0 at home to Finn Harps. Wexford Utes drew one apiece with Shelburne. And last Saturday, Longford Town lost out 2-1 at home to Galway FC. And Shamrock Rovers Bees defeated Cove Ramblers 6-0 on Sunday. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by Goal Ireland's Ryan Kelly. And Ryan, just to kick things off in League of Ireland circles, I suppose the Daily Mount pitch fiasco is the major talking point. Brian Kerr called it a shambles and an embarrassment. What's your take on it, Ryan? Was Tomas Connolly right to call the game off? Yeah, well, Dave, it was. Uh, uh, I think that Brian Kerr was certainly right in in his summation of it as a as a mess and an embarrassment. Um, but like, I I, I think that uh, I think that we, it should be people should be uh, wary not to get pulled into this blame game, you know, and asking whether Tomas Connolly uh, was was right to call it off or not. Because you know, from my point of view, I think that uh, I would go along with Pat Fenlon's. Um, opinion that the referee is there to make these decisions and he makes the decisions on it so we have to abide by those things we have to give him that uh that power so i think that you know while bohemians went and got a an agricultural scientist in pat subtle to report to the club um i I think that it's you can understand why they've done it uh because they've they've lost out financially uh 
you know potentially they've lost out a lot of money and uh it's disrupted um it's disrupted their supporters and and disrupted their schedule um but i think that you know they have to work together with the, the authorities and the you know the the groundsmen uh the fai uh and try and ultimately make sure that it doesn't happen again particularly so um, close to kickoff ryan Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it just shouldn't have happened in the first place. I think that that's the crux of the, the crux of the whole thing. And I think maybe that's what uh, Bohemians are, are probably most annoyed about that. You know, if the game should have been called off, maybe it should have been, uh, maybe this should have been flagged earlier. Or if it shouldn't have been called off, you know, why was it called off? Um, but uh, yeah, it wasn't ideal. Um, but I think that, I think that people need to, you know, see the bigger picture. I think it brings to light uh, the chronic lack of um, not not only the chronic lack of facilities, but the the chronic disrepair that you know uh, afflicts certain certain facilities. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, seen it wasn't just it's not just Daly Moon Park. We see it all over Ireland, um, and that you know, stadium like pitches and surfaces aren't you know particularly well taken care of, or they're not particularly well um, maintained throughout the season or the, you know they need to get proper groundsmen in um and get things uh you know get things on, on a relatively standardized uh um state is it something you think the league? fai ryan should be taking more of a hard line on i think that i think that the fai needs to take uh take the lead um i think that they need to they need to say to clubs whenever they're whenever you're talking about uh uh licensing and stuff like that and you need to you need to be able to say to the FAI and prove to the FAI that you're able to look after your pitch for you know the most part of the season, the duration of the season, as best uh, as as possibly uh, each club can do. I mean, uh, a lot of clubs have their their hands tied financially. Uh, they don't have they don't have a lot of money to put around. So maybe there's something that the FAI could contribute uh, by you know helping those clubs that. Uh, for facilities that are used for the product that is um, for the product of the league to to improve and to to continue to improve, you need to you need to have the right uh, facilities, and the FAA can um, the FAA can help to give clubs you know an extra hand. Those clubs that can't uh, maintain their grounds or find it difficult to meet payments or whatnot for for using for using uh, training facilities. Um, I think that they could probably do that. Maybe I, I don't think that it would be a good idea to to fine clubs uh, in a in a real serious manner. But I think that the FAA needs to step up to the plate now. After this uh, shambles, after this embarrassment in you know in the national and local media, um, they need to do something about it. And make sure that it doesn't happen again. Indeed, let's hope it doesn't happen again. And we seem to always be going back to that old argument of the FAI and the League of Ireland trying to get the basics right. Let's look at the league and we can focus on the title race there, Ryan. And we've seen Cork... After a pretty good win away to Derry, they've slipped up at home to Bray Wanderers. A bit of a shock result, 1-1. Five points behind Dundalk now at the top of the table. Can they keep pushing? Do you think slip-ups like that is certainly something they can't afford? Well, I mean, you, you, you could hear after the game uh, on Friday, or sorry, Monday that um, John Coffey was very disappointed to not to pick up the, the three points because... Uh, it was a it was a perfect opportunity for them to close uh, close the gap at the top of the table, especially with uh, Bray having 
only 10 men for the majority of the game. Um, but as he also said, uh, there are there are eight games left. There are a lot of games and a lot of football to be played. Uh, and both clubs have a lot of difficult games to come. Now, if you just look at the next uh, the next three fixtures alone on the league for Dundalk, uh, Dundalk have Bohemians at home, St. Patrick's Athletic away, and Derry at home. Now, they're difficult games. And Caulfield was saying uh, after the Derry City game, in particular, he said that you know maybe Derry City and other clubs can uh, can cause upsets along the way and help Cork City out. I think that um, I think that if Cork are to have any chance of really closing the gap on on, Dund- on Dundalk, they're they're really relying on other clubs to do them favors. But they they have to also make sure that they they do the, do the business themselves and they have difficult games coming up themselves. They do indeed. They have difficult games, and you know, looking at Dundalk, and is there any evidence there of Dundalk losing steam? They they were a runaway train, as we discussed earlier in the season, but now things haven't been going their way. But at the same time, they've been pulling late goals out of the bag. We see late goals against Limerick and Sligo. Uh, is that the mark of champions? Not to relinquish this title, they keeping the fight going. I think you've said it, Dave. Uh, definitely, it is the mark. Of, it is the mark of uh, a championship winning team that they can they can pull off a, a result against the odds with backs to the wall performances. Um, you know whether or not they've lost steam. You know that's a matter I think for interpretation. I mean, teams will always uh, up their games against uh, against uh, perceived perceivably superior opposition. So I mean, clubs are clubs are working harder. I mean the the. The result against Limerick, uh, the, it was a narrow win against them. I think that they came up against a, a strong Limerick team that's resurgent, let's say under um, uh, Martin Russell, and uh, they, you know, but they managed to get, they managed to pull it out of the bag. And the same against Sligo Rovers, another difficult game for them. They, uh, they, they did well to to secure a point. I mean, they, I mean, they kept the gap, but uh, they were kind of lucky that that Cork dropped points too. But I mean. Sometimes you need that bit of luck to, as well as you know, in a in the run in for a championship. Yeah, indeed. We'll see how that pans out. It's exciting times in the League of Ireland. Just before I let you go, Ryan, I have to ask you about Brian Lenehan. There was a much speculation over the past few weeks about a move. It looks like there's been bids. Reports have suggested that there's been a bid accepted by Cork for from Championship side Brighton. A lot of people tipping him to be the next Seamus Coleman, but a terrific player here. I think he joined Cork from the Munster Senior League side College Corinthians two years ago. So it just goes to show how his career has rocketed and he, he only seems to be getting better um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if this move goes forward yeah well it's uh, yeah they accepted a they confirmed that they accepted a, a bid on Thursday there um, and uh, you know while, while there had been a lot of uh, a lot of interest in Premier League clubs such as Arsenal and, and Manchester United Everton and uh, even Aston Villa were reported to be interested in him Um you know, if it transpires that it, it, he gets a move to a championship club, that's probably just, I mean, it's just as good, if not better from his perspective, because he might have a better chance of um, breaking into their first team. I think whenever, he, you know, whenever the move eventually does uh, be completed, um, whenever he moves over, it will probably be a case of him biding his time. Um, because although he has undoubted ability uh, and that he's proven that, uh, you know, this season, under John Caulfield has given him a lot of belief and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities to impress. And um, although he has that undoubted ability, he'll have to, 
he'll have to adapt his game and he'll have to adapt his physique and his physicality to um, to that which is required in the in the championship or, or in you know English football in general. Uh, below the Premier League, anyway. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it's good for Cork City. Um, it's good for, good for the league. Again, there's more uh, evidence of talent being exported from the league. You know, and while we may we may lament the loss of such talented players in the league, um, it's it's you know it has to be viewed as a positive. You know, there's money coming into the league. Hopefully, uh, if Cork can negotiate a good uh, fair deal for for all parties. Um, and again, it keeps the it keeps the league in the in the headlines as a as a conveyor belt of talent. Yeah, indeed, it's something that we need to keep pushing. That there is talent there, natural talent there, and more clubs will start looking at the league. And again, people will take it more seriously. Ryan Kelly, thanks a million for joining us. I hope to do it all again with you very very soon. Thanks, Dave. And just to bring you up to date with all the games in the Electricity League this week, on Monday, Limerick take on Derry City, while on Friday, Athlone Town hosts Cork City, Bray Wanderers take on UCD, Derry City hosts St. Patrick's Athletic, Dundalk hosts Bowes, Limerick take on Drogheda United, and Shamrock Rovers take on Sligo Rovers. All the games are at 7.45, except for the Battle of the Rovers, which is an 8 o'clock kickoff there. In the first division on Friday, Galway take on Waterford United at 7.45, while Finn Harps take on Shamrock Rovers, Bees and Shelburne take on Longford Town both of those 8 o'clock kickoffs and on Saturday Cove Ramblers take on Wexford Youths at 7.45 well I'm afraid I'm out of time here on the League of Ireland Goalmouth show remember you can follow the show on Twitter by looking for the hashtag LOY remember also to follow at Goalcom Ireland for the best Irish football news and reviews from myself Dave O'Grady we'll do it all again very very soon have a great sporting week